Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. And welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Hello and welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. Welcome. Welcome to a brand new episode. My guest this week is Tatiana Folkt. Tatiana is a sex educator. She is the founder and host of the Bedside Podcast. It's incredible. You should go listen to it after you listen to this one. Uh, what is on someone's bedside table on their nightstand? What's in the top drawer? What's in the bottom drawer? What are they hiding? What does it say about them? We're going to get to all that. What has Tatiana learned from running bedside since 2019, from being a sex educator? How does Tatiana date? Is it from the heart or is she looking to check more of the boxes? Red flags. She gives us her top three red flags around sex and dating. And at the end of the episode, we run down what is in and what is out for 2023. This is a fully loaded episode. It's a fun episode. So let's do this. Let's get you over to the interview. Without further ado, this is my conversation with Tatiana Folkt. This week's conversation. conversation. Tatiana Folkt, welcome to Sex Party. How are you doing? I am fabulous. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I am super glad you're here. Uh, I have so many questions. Um, well, not really. To be honest, I have like a small handful of questions, but I feel like those are the ones that will lead to a larger conversation. Yes. Uh, I never like to overdo it, like, you know, with a 40 question stuff. But I mean, I know other people do, but that's not me. Um, We're so for the here. <laughs> For real. This is like, this is so... Uh, this is so improv right? Uh, kind of in a way. Um, and we love that because I feel like that's more real conversation. Uh, and with sex and relationships, we need some more real, right? Yes. No scripted, no <sighs> pre-recorded stuff. Like we need the real stuff. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, that being said, so there's people in the audience, they maybe don't know who you are. They've never heard your voice. They've never seen your face. Uh, could you tell them who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Hi, everybody. I am Tatiana. I am the host and founder behind Bedside, which is a podcast series similar to this, where we just are debunking sex, talking to sex experts, just chatting about really like what real contemporary modern day fucking looks like. <laughs> um, but yes, I am a sexuality educator. I kind of had an interesting and winding road to getting here, which is very aligned, but, and it makes sense now, but I think it's funny in the moment I was like, Oh, how, how did I really get here? But, um, I really began my career kind of in branding and graphic design. That's really like where I started by trade. Um, so I'm always kind of like looking at things in a way where I'm like, how can we begin to problem solve things that just aren't working in the world? And for me, something that just has always been a very, very deep passion of mine. I'm someone who's so deeply connected in my relationship dynamics. I'm such a feeler. I'm such a, um, just kind of connective person. Something I realized in that was 
that our sex education system was a massively failing us. I was like, okay, why are we not really knowing how we're dating and having sex and relating to one another? And I think really with my background in design, I kind of took on this problem that I saw in the world. And I was like, I just want to rebrand sex education. Like I want to bring this into the modern day. My experience with sex and sexuality, like a lot of people, my sex ed was so dismal. I mean, like it was like banana condom, 80s birthing videos done. Um, and, <laughs> and so I kind of was like, I, I really want to bring this concept, this topic to be talked about in, in, in a much more normalized way, um, in a way that felt comprehensive, in a way that felt really approachable and not taboo. So that's kind of where I really began things. From there, I, you know, continued in my career in, in branding, but, um, I went and I started my own podcast in the space. I've been talking to people and doing this for a couple of years now. Um, and I got my sexuality certification working on my master's currently in psychology. So this has just been like so much fun to kind of get into the space and like really see where like my initial passions around design have trans fused into this entire topic of sex and sexuality, which I'm so deeply passionate about and um, has completely changed just my way of living and, and really wanting to share with the world. Yeah. Well, okay. So my next question, and I'm still going to ask it, you kind of touched on it, but uh, my next question was going to be, why are you so fucking cool? Right. <laughs> cause like, cause like bedside, it just has this like, um, it has this vibe, it has this aesthetic, but if you're coming from graphic design, like you can fucking tell, but you kind of have like a vibe, um, about yourself. That's like very, you're someone that I immediately wanted on the show because I felt like I wanted to really know more about bedside, but also like, uh, about the person, the brains behind it, because I felt like I wanted to hang out with you. I, I felt like I wanted to like have drinks with you and I wanted to yeah. like, learn and that was like such a cool thing with a podcast because you know we are hanging out like with each other but we're also like hanging out with everybody who's listening and watching and shit and like you know sex party like my show that's something that i strive for is to be like this is a fucking i hope you're like you got your vodka soda right the official <laughs> drink of sex party whatever um and you're like chilling learning having fun whatever because it's supposed to be a party but when i saw your Instagram, I was like, God damn it. Like that is so awesome because that's what I strive to do with my show. So why are you so fucking cool? <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> I'm taking that compliment in. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I think I just really like the, the real answer was that I just wanted to find a space that I could resonate with in this category. Cause I just wasn't seeing it for myself. I wasn't seeing it for my peers. I wasn't seeing it for people like you and I, who are just like out here, you know, trying to live like our best lives. Like the, the way that I was seeing sex and relationships portrayed in the world was either this like very, very hyper clinical narrative in space and aesthetic, honestly, like think like going to your OBGYN, like, <laughs> or, you know, going to your, primary care doctor to go get like tested. It's like very, very sterile. And then this other like way that media pushes sex, which is like playboy porn, like 
triple X, like, don't look at this, but like, look at it. Cause I'm kind of curious. And I was like, Whoa, like where, where am I? Like, and where are you in this equation? That is not either of those like answers. Um, and you know, I initially got started. I, I kind of beta tested the bedside series. Cause I was like, I wonder if people want this. And so I, it was in one of my first jobs living in New York city. They had an editorial team and I was not a part of it, but I was friends with all of them. And I was like, Hey guys, I have this idea. I really want to talk with people. I want to sit with New Yorkers at their bedside tables. And I want to ask them about their dating and relationships. And I want to ask them, you know, how they're keeping it spicy. And I want to ask them like, you know, what, like how they're in communication with their partners or how they're dating, like, what is it really like? And so I just threw myself into people's bedrooms, which is so wild to like sit, you know, it's it's different when you're like meeting someone for dinner or drinks, but when you're sitting on their bed next to their bedside table, asking them about their like routines, their deepest and darkest, like secrets or, you know, things that they've been deeply shameful about their entire lives. Like that is, it was insane to do that with people. And so, um, I would say that's kind of where I really just got passionate about like going to that next level. And I think in general, I've always been just like deeply curious. I'm, I'm not that person who's going to small talk with people. Like I'm, I'm a big talk girl. Like I, I want to go there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I feel like the aesthetic of it came from where I was like, let's, let's modernize this. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And like the design is like fucking on point. Obviously now, now we know why, um, <laughs> but you. that really does, <clears throat> it really does like draw you in, you know? And I, I mean, the bedside table, right? The nightstand, like, does it get more intimate than that? Like, that's no. where all the sex toys are. That's where the condoms are. The chocolate covered peanuts are in there somewhere, <laughs> maybe, right? And so, <laughs> and so, like, that's where all your, your, uh, fun dirt is. That's where all your, like, dirt, dirt is, all the things. Yes. And so, were you, were you actually going and physically sitting? at someone's bedside and really truly like interviewing them, like, like an audio wise or video or both, or how did it start? Yeah. 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 So we brought, so this was when I initially launched the series, it was just like a written long form interview, which by the way, no one was doing long form interviews because we all know like short term content is like what's King these days. But, um, I got, I, my team came back and was like, Tatiana, like people are reading your articles for 15 minutes straight. Like your engagement is the top performing right now on our entire website. And I was like, I can't believe it. But like people care so much that they'll dedicate time to like sit and actually read these interviews. But yes, I'd go in, I'd bring my audio, I'd bring um, a camera guy. And we would like also uh, another thing we did was we kind of editorialized it. Like I'd be like, okay, like sit right next to your bedside table. Like I'm, I'm taking a amazing picture of you. Like we're also photographing the inner workings of your bedside. Cause I I love that you brought up kind of like the importance of a nightstand, having like your dirt in it too. Like, you know, I think people think I, I always love the like TikTok trend lately of people going to people's, um, bathroom cabinets during like a one night stand and being like, Hmm, what's in there. (laughs) Um, but I, (laughs) I'm always saying that I believe that your bedside table is the most intimate part about you. It's the most intimate place of your home because it's going to tell me everything about you. It's going to tell me like, what are you reading? What do you care about? How are you taking care? What kind of sex are you having? 
you know, like, what do you prioritize? You know, like what's on my bedside table? Like I have my eye mask, I have my Kindle, I've got, I have a notepad because I get crazy ideas in my dreams. So I wake up in the middle of the night and I scribble shit down on my, like my little dreams notepad. So, um, I'm, I'm very, um, that, that's kind of what I love most about the concept of it is like, we're really cutting to the chase and just like getting to the essence of who someone is. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what really drew me in is, is, was everything you just said, but like, there is nothing more intimate. Like I said earlier, like that is a true representation of who someone is when no one else is looking. Right. And so that's what I really loved about the concept for your show. So you did these episodes and then um, like now is the show just sort of that in spirit or are you asking everybody each episode? Like if you're doing it remotely, obviously you're not sitting there. So like, are, are you making that person go and sit, or is it just more like, uh, you're asking them and it's sort, sort of like, uh, an in spirit bedside conversation. I would say like the show has transitioned. Like I'm, I'm less, of course, like with the state of how the world shifted so much, most of my interviews are now remote. And I actually see the blessing of that because I'm really able to reach more than just like New Yorkers Mm -hmm. at the time when I was living in New York. I'm now in LA. Um, but I would say that the spirit is still fully there. And I mean, I ask everybody my last question on hands down on every show is what's currently hanging out on your bedside table. Cause I think it's so fun. And I get the wildest answers. I'm like, I get some good ideas too. Some, some woman I spoke to was like, Oh yeah, I have this like charger contraption that like permanently is charging all my vibrators. So like they never die. And I was like, Oh, you're a fucking genius. Yeah. Um, everybody's run with that. So <laughs> it's really fun to ask that. No. Yeah. What a fucking amazing, amazing concept, but like just the question itself, right? I fucking, I'm, I'm like fascinated, uh, with the whole thing. And that's why I'm so stoked to have you here. So, okay. So how, how long have you been doing it? Like when did you start? Um, until now, like, has it been, uh, a year, two years? Like how long has bedside been a thing? Bedside has been around for a moment. I launched the editorial series in 2019. So we did that for a year and then early 2020 launched it into a podcast series. Just in time for the world to go bonkers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what would you say? And this is kind of a big question, but like, whatever, we'll take it uh bite size, uh, part by bite size part. What would you say, um, from when you started until now, like, what are some things like that you learned that were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, was, was there two or three things where you just blew your mind? I think, I mean, there's so many things that, and, and you can probably relate to this, like being a podcaster yourself. It's so exciting to like learn from the people that you're chatting with. So I feel like I just have like accumulated this amazing wealth of knowledge from truly some of the top sexperts, um, which is such a privilege. I mean, some of the top sex therapists in the world have been on the show and it's just like amazing to hear some of their insights and their musings. Um, gosh, I mean, I have. I, I, so, so all that to say, I've learned a lot, <laughs> but I think that, I mean, it, there's so many, you're right. You, this is a very large question. Cause it's like, in terms of dating, I've learned a lot of different interesting concepts. I would say too, around kind of like how we have sex. So is there like a, something you're specifically curious about? Cause I feel like that might be able to dictate an interesting dialogue. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think there, I'll probably ask the same question in like three different ways. That's why I said it's such a big question, but it's like, it's such a, uh, it's yeah. such a foundational one, right? It's cause it, it's sort of like, there's so much there. And I think this, on this round, asking you this question, I'm wondering if there's something in the beginning that you mm. thought was one way. And then maybe a couple months in, you're like, God damn, that was totally wrong on that. Or this has changed my mind. Like stark realization that maybe things that you thought were not how they truly are. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest things, well, first off, like little tiny caveat here. I (laughs) think that everybody had, I would say 99% of people had really abysmal sex education. So like just caveat right off the bat there. Like I think the biggest thing I've learned is like rarely do I talk with someone who's had an amazing foundation being like, yeah, I felt really equipped for like good sex and like knowing how this worked and like how to have healthy relationships. (laughs) You know, I would say like foundationally, most people don't align with that. But I would say in terms of Um, like what I feel like has shifted for me has really been my comprehension of what I believe sexual wellness is defined as, you know, I think what I came into the show and what I came into launching bedside was being like, yeah, so what are the products that you use? What are the tools physically, you know, tangibly that you use that to give you pleasure that like fulfill your sexual well-being. And I think since doing the show, like there's been this amazing arc, even in my own learning of being like sexual wellness is so much more than just something you can buy. It starts from within. It starts with your well-being. It encompasses your mental health. Like that is your life force energy. And I'm always talking about like your sexuality is so much more than just sex. Like it's not just an act. It's your actual life force. It's what's charging you. It's what's making you feel alive in the world and kind of making you authentically you. So I would say like that is kind of the biggest thing that I'm always sharing and talking about and has been a big learning curve for myself as well. Right. Like thinking that, Oh, sexual wellness is just like you go buy a vibrator and it's so much deeper than that. Like I think of it almost in like a hierarchy and where you kind of have like a pyramid that is your foundation. And the top of that is really where like vibrators and all those sexual wellness products come in. You need to get more to like, what is the foundation that's building you up to that? Um, and I think too, where a lot of people run into issues is, you know, let's say you're having trouble with your sex life. Let's say you're not connecting with your partner like you used to. A lot of people are putting these band-aids on top being like, okay, like maybe this will help. Maybe this will help. But I always believe it really starts at that foundational level. And then when you can kind of like, once that's solid and secure, you can sprinkle in those extra assets that are going to kind of contribute, but they're not going to be like that end all be all to like an amazing sex life or an amazing relationship. Yeah, I mean, there there seems to be two forms of sexuality uh, in terms of like personal sexuality, right? And like you just touched on it, but I, I keep coming across it on the show over and over again. And like the more I think about it, uh, in my personal life, same thing. And and the two tracks that I see are like, hey, I'm just gonna like, uh, I'm gonna rub one out, I'm gonna bust a nut, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> go to go to bed. Oh, maybe I'll do it again. Gee, I'm horny, whatever, right? And then the other one is like. Why am I, well, I'm, I'm like turned on, but it's in like a, it almost feels like an artistic, 
expressive, uh, deep, sometimes dark kind of way. Yes. And, and like, it, it's weird because I think what I'm noticing with myself, with people on the show is that the second one, they're both great. Um, and they're both, they both have a time and a place and whatever, but I can remember feeling really young, really young, like junior high and feeling that second one and being like, uh, understanding like why some of like the classic celebrities, uh, would take pictures that way. And they would have, it was like this, um, it was like, it was like art almost. Right. And I think, right. you know, you get older, you have some like shitty relationships as we all do, uh, you know, some experiences in, in, in the back of a, of a car and, and on a golf course and you're like, all right. And then you get straight <laughs> and you get stressed out. Wait, um, quick caveat. Does everybody have a golf course experience? Cause like I do. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have a couple. Um, and I never, I never worked at a golf course, or uh, I'm not no, very no, no. good at golf. Um, we just, yeah, that's they just were happened. there. Yeah, um, never had a hole in one, but you know, uh, par for the course. Man, we could just go all day. Um, but I think the world sort of beats you down a little bit, and it kind of beats that sort of um, artistic uh, sexuality yes. out of you. So, like, if you could talk about your experiences with the two, like with the show, with yourself, like what would you add to that conversation? And, and, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, no, I think like, I, I'm glad you pointed out that distinction because there isn't like, there's, there's no, there are those two parts. There's that part where you're just like, yeah, like, let me just get off. Um, I want to, why the hell not? And then there's kind of that like deeper part. And there's, you're so right in seeing that, like, not one is better than the other. They both have a very, very important intention um, and serve each their own unique purpose. So I see each of those really coexisting in an amazing way. I would say, though, you're right on the money with like sex and your sexual energy is completely linked to your creative energy. Um, you know, I found that the more that I was able to connect to my sensuality, my desires. And that is well beyond the bedroom, but it is so linked energetically. That is, it's the same tone, you know? And when I was able to link to those deeper, richer, creative, desirous purpose, it purpose, that purpose, I was able to see this vibrancy in all different categories of my life just illuminate, you know? And I think that is why it's so important that we begin, you know, I think, again, a lot of people are like pleasures just for the bedroom, desires just for relationships and, and the bedroom. And it's not like it's categorized well, well, well beyond those confines. And um, when we can learn to like bring that into our practice. It's like what just makes us feel so alive and just be able to connect with ourselves and with our like impact on such a deeper level. So I, I really see like that so intrinsically connected and on bedside, we're always talking about building a pleasure practice, which to me comes down to like fundamentally, you know, a lot of us we're working nine to five, you know, we're hustling, we're trying to get it done. We're trying to feed the kids, get them out the door. We're trying to like, you know, whatever date, love, connect. We have a lot going on, um, a lot of obligations. And so 
I always challenge people to really figure out how they're going to establish a pleasure practice that works for them. And what I mean by that is simply like, what is something today, big or small, whatever you want it to be, that's going to give you pleasure. Like what is something that you can do for five minutes for yourself today? That's going to make you feel fulfilled. For me, it's like, can I just like get outside for five minutes and like get some air? Can I like go buy myself a coffee in, in a, in a break? Can I give myself rest? Can I just like not have meetings back to back and like put in some padding in my day for me to relax? They can be so, so simple. And I think this ritual is so amazing to practice because you're starting to learn the idea of giving something to yourself, pleasing yourself, fulfilling your cup, um, in all categories of your life. And this practice has been like absolutely revolutionary to not only my everyday, but also to my sex life. Because the second I start asking myself, how can I give myself something I need today? It's also allowing me to give that to other people, especially when it comes to like any sort of partnership. Like I'm not going to be able to fulfill anybody else before I can do that for myself first. So I've just realized even by doing my own pleasure practice, I have like exponentially improved all of my relationships because of it. That's fucking amazing. Thank you for that. Cause that's, that's exactly what I, I hoped that you would have something along those lines to say, to add to it, because it goes right along with what you're doing. It matches exactly up with like your work, your design, the way it looks, the way it feels. And like I said, in the beginning, it, it, anybody watching or listening, go over and look at her Instagram, like, because it, it it's so welcoming. It's so inviting. And you feel like, okay, I'm in whatever this is. I don't mm-hmm. know, but I'm in. And and what you said about the two different tracks, right? It It is like a, a bedside table. Like the top drawer is like, you know, potentially the vibrator and the Funyuns, right? Okay. Yeah. And then the bottom drawer is like, maybe some weirder, uh, darker stuff, some fucking whatever, maybe like a double sided something or other. And it's like, <laughs> I, I want to know what's in people's bottom drawer. You know what yeah. I mean? I really, really do. And I think because that's where metaphorically speaking, uh, we're making this work. Um, that that's where all the good stuff is yeah. and, and they feed each other, you know? And, and, you know, at the end of my day, right. It's like, fuck, I'm so stressed out. Like mm-hmm. what, what have I not done today? Oh, bust a nut. Boom. Go to Pornhub or whatever it is. And, and like, how, how fast can we get this done? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And, and it helps me sleep sometimes, but the good stuff is when you're like, you dial into some, uh, something that is, is deeper and, and, and maybe it's noon, <laughs> right. And like, yeah. the two different, and I feel like the world sort of beats that out of us a little bit, especially now with all the fucking wacky shit. I would say too, like there's like, I'm correlating those to kind of, it's like being on autopilot versus being kind of like in the driver's seat, you know, like, again, like we said, each has its own purpose. Like sometimes you just need to get off. Like that is maintenance. But if you catch yourself and you're like, dang, like my entire sex life is maintenance, you know, that to me is half living. And no one wants to be feeling that way or experiencing that. I think the second that you put yourself more in the driver's seat is when you begin to fulfill that more. And another thing too, is just like, I love this concept of play. I've been like, so into this lately being like, how can I just like play? Like, I just want to have some fun. I want to, you know, like 
enjoy my life a little bit. I want to like, I, I grew up and I, I honestly correlate. My mom's a badass. And she always said on the weekends, and she still says this to this day. She says it to like my dad. She's like, let's play. What are we going to do? Like, let's go play. And like, that is like, I'm realizing just a philosophy of always, you know, I was lucky to have that ingrained in me. Um, but I think that's what like builds a lot of room for kind of that exploration and just being like, let's see where the day takes us. Let's see where this takes us. And it's that richness over that, like, like autopilot. Yeah. And like what you're saying, not only with sex, right. It also works in dating because we're starting to come up against this, this, uh, this, um, this way of dating on this show on sex party a lot now. And, and it's, again, we have the two tracks. One is like, I need to find a husband. I need to find a wife now, now, mm-hmm. now, now, now they have to have a 401k have to have a big penis. They have to like all the, th- all the things. Right. Yeah. And then the other side that I, I'm seeing a lot more, which I, I love and I'm super fascinated by um, is like, I'm just going to go on a date. And like, if the dude like sucks at the one thing, like, oh, well, like maybe I'll learn something. I'm going for the experience. Great sex, great uh, connection. If I get it good, if I don't, whatever, on to the next. And like, that is so cool to me. And that like, again, there's nothing wrong with either and both have a purpose and a place. But what you just said of like, everything slowing down being more in touch like that stuff affects your life you are walking down the street with a different like pep in your step right yeah. like when you're when you're doing that whether it's good sex or good dating because i think you're sort of unapologetically like all of a sudden in control like you said in the driver's seat and with everything that you you know are, are learning but everything you're like striving to to fix about sex education like could you give some advice to, to these poor people um, <laughs> about, about how to like, <laughs> about how to get in their, in their driver's seat a little bit more? Like yes. maybe just something little baby, you know what I mean? Yes. No, no. Great. And, and no one's, no one's poor people. I think it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like people are hurting out here and they just need all the help. I, I I'm, one, I, I'm with them. So I, me too. I mean, like, especially like, I know every, like everyone shudders. Like I hate bringing up the pandemic cause I'm so over it, but like, like we, we went through some fucking shit and it's just like, let's come out the other side. And I feel like this year, like really is feeling like that. And like, I think everybody needs that little like elbow nudge of like, no, 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 no. Like let's, let's get back to it. Like, like, let's find ourselves. Let's get in our rhythm. So, um, because we were, a lot of us were kind of on autopilot, just coping mechanism, getting through, like getting by and, and dating too, you know, and as the world got more, 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 more digital, like we got less comfortable just like being out in person, like connecting pe- with people in, in the moment. But I would say my biggest piece of advice, my biggest piece of advice for really, really tapping into that, like flow that we're kind of talking about where, where you're just like, you're, you're allowing yourself to like experience, explore, you know, like really unattaching from the outcome. I think it starts with just, all right, let's, let's, let's kind of bring some context here. Let's say that you're, you're dating, you're looking to find your person. A, I don't believe in the adage of you have to love yourself to like love someone else. Let's screw that because we're all work in progress. like, we're always, always growing. That's the human experience. So I would say there's no like final destination, like, yay, I love myself. So I'm ready. You know, we're always in progress of loving ourselves and loving other people. So like, screw that adage. 
But what I do believe is, you know, because everybody does have the ideal of of what they want their partner to be, but I envision less of an aesthetic desire of what they want. How do you want to live your life? What do you want to do on the weekends with a supposed partner? What, like, what is the sex you want to be having? What are the, like, things you want to, what are the vacations you're wanting to go on, right? Like, outline what you really want out of life and start living that. Show up in those spaces. You want a partner who, like, loves to go to museums and you're single right now? Go to museums, get yourself a fun pass to the Whitney or wherever you live and just like go show up to their like wine and art nights. You know, if you like start bringing your friends along, just start showing up in spaces. I recently, like last year, I used to be a big tennis player in high school and there's this amazing like court in these gorgeous LA canyons over here. And I was like, I'm going to join. And it was the best decision I made because I just started showing up. I currently am dating someone, but I always say to my tennis friends, I'm like, if I was single, like, this is where I feel like I'd beat somebody. Like we're, we're like, we have the same values. Like we like to play. We like to get outside. Like, so start walking your talk, stop waiting and putting your life on hold until someone comes in and then you can start doing that. So that's kind of my two cents of like really how we can begin like living in our true authenticity. Yeah. Like take the stuff out of the bottom drawer, put it in the top drawer, right? Like, yes. come on. Like this is like, we only get one fucking shot at this shit. And so I'm, I'm so with you. And also too, like if you're at the tennis courts, like usually where there's a tennis court, there is a golf course somewhere nearby. So. Right. <laughs> there is. <laughs> that's a that's that's a little a little plus too, um, but you know you're, you have a go you can go have a little quickie in the golf course like whatever you want. Yeah, we'll yeah, work. yeah. You could yell four from the tennis court and head over to the golf course. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I also think like um, you know there there is real power in that. There is real power in like feeling. Uh, terrified or like, I feel dumb or that maybe this hat looks stupid or like whatever, just like fucking doing it anyway. And even if someone like gives you like, I mean, I I remember one time, like I, I thought like, Oh, I was going to mess my hair up and do this style. And it must've looked really bad. Right. Like, cause people were like, like, like looking at my shit, like going on the street and I was like, what's going on with my hair? And like, I never really got to see cause by the time I got to a mirror, but I remember feeling like, at first being like, Oh God, it looks stupid. Right. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, this is like early. This is like baby Dustin back in the day. I was like, yeah, but I still did it. And like, who gives a shit? I never fucking fit. There's something in that. And I think with dating with sex, like the thing that I did not count on with this show, um, there's a lot I could say, but the thing that's happening now towards the end of my first season is people are saying to me, um, the show has helped me with my dating life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, because I'm kind of just like a madman, just sort of musing and doing whatever, uh, trying to learn myself. And they're like, because almost every episode is this take no prisoners. If it doesn't work, dump it. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't even realized. And so now here you, you and I are really zeroing in on that. And I think yeah. people do need permission or help or whatever it is um like having a pro like you saying that like hey like put your best fo- foot forward but like if it's not working like fuck that like yeah be in your power and um and and like 
find what you want and go do it. Right. Yes. And there's something really nice not to cut you off. No, you're good. Just to like kind of add on to that is like, there's something really nice about just like letting yourself experiment and like also fail and also just realize that, you know, it becomes a muscle. And like you said, the first day, like you're styling your hair, you're like, Oh my God, this is such a big (laughs) deal. And then by like the third day, you're like, Oh, whatever. I'm like totally getting the hang of this. And like by day, like whatever, half a year, you're like, this is my look. Um, and everyone's like, this is Dustin's look. So I think it's just like a muscle to train. So I don't want to say like, you're going to go out there and do it perfectly. Like guys, I was so nervous to join my tennis clinic because I hadn't hit a tennis ball in like 15 years that I like got there and I was pep talking myself the entire car ride not to turn around and go home. And then I'm standing there on the court, like shaking, holding my racket. And I'm just like, okay, like I I just showed up, you know what I mean? But now I'm out there and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is who I am. Like I played like this, you know? And so it's just that evolution of like, kind of, you can do this and, and really, really training yourself and like giving yourself permission to like be uncomfortable you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's like the thing with, with like even anxiety around dating around sex is it's, it's like, I think everything I've learned with my own personal experience, then obviously around the show, it's like, you can't run from the way to, to beat it is not to beat it. It's just to accept it and be like, I might have sex with this person and I might suck and it might suck. And that thing that I'm worried about might just fucking happen. And the second, what's crazy is the second you're like, okay. And you accept that. And it it fucking takes practice, takes a lifetime of practice. Like the second, the second that you start doing that, the less power that has. And eventually it's like, doesn't even show up to bother you anymore. Cause you're like, all right, so, so what? Like I tried this weird move and they laughed at me and it's like, I don't give a fuck, fuck them. Like whatever. Yeah. Right? right. Or whatever, or whatever your thing is. I think, you know, dating, uh, I, I, I get sort of like, people kind of get mad at me because I'm sort of an anti-dater, right? A, a bit like I'm in a relationship now. It's lovely, all the things. But before that, I was like, I was like, it just seems so messy. And <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, I'm a mess. So why would I want to go find another mess and then mix mess, you know? Um, but I think the anxiety with dating um, is a, it's more like of a process of anxiety. The first date, the second date, the mm-hmm. third date, what are they thinking? All these things. And I think that's, that's tougher than sexual anxiety. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're kind of each different. Like I, I understand. So first, like sexual anxiety is such an interesting thing because I think we have this annoying, annoying expectation and kind of like societal messaging that it's like bodies should come together and immediately like figure one another out and like <laughs> know what's happening. It's like, are you kidding me? Like think of the first time you had sex. You're like, what am I doing? What's going on? Um, and so I know even if you're like a seasoned dater and lover, um, anytime you're meeting somebody new, like you're learning how their body works. They're learning how yours works. Like I can't tell you how many times, like, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like you go on a date with someone and like you have a first kiss and you're like, Hmm, that that didn't, that didn't work that well. But then you're both like, okay, let's like, wait a second. And like, you give it another shot and you're like, wait, that was amazing. Okay. We just had to like figure out our cadence. Like, you know, like how, how, what's our like, <laughs> 
connection yeah. here. Like how, how are we going to literally f- like physically connect together? So I want to say that, like, just drop the expectation, especially if it's like on a first date or you get a bad kiss or like it, the, the sex wasn't as great as you thought, like give it another chance. Like that is not the end all be all. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, in, in a way to answer your question, like dating can sometimes maybe feel a little bit more complex in that scenario because it's more heady. Like it's, you're, you're less in the physical, like you're more just like, I think if, and if you're someone who's prone to like being anxious or like questioning, um, your dating experience, like you could easily get stuck there. So, um, you know, I would say that like, it's more about, I always like going in and I've been with my partner for, for a minute here. So I've kind of been out of the dating world for a second in like, like being physically on the ground. But I remember when I was dating, I was like, I'm just really curious to know who this person is. And, you know, and if anything, like maybe we're not like an intimate connection, but like, maybe you're just like a cool industry friend I met, or like, maybe, maybe you're somebody who I can connect with someone else. So I'm all about viewing it in the world of connections, because to me, there's nothing more important in our life than like our relationships and, and being able to mirror and share like moments with people. Like that is truly what life's all about. So I, I kind of like going in with the reframe of just being like, can I have a good connection with someone? Um, I don't know what the next 12 steps are. I don't know what, like what's to come from this, but like, you know, let's see, let's see what it is. And if it's, if it's a miss, it's a miss, like no harm, no foul. Um, I'm big, big, big believer in just kind of open communication and also not being hesitant. You know, let's say you really liked the date. Like, uh, don't be hesitant to just like text that person after and be like, I had a great time, you know? And I think just exercising, just being like this open vessel of like communicating your truth. And if you didn't just be like, Hey, loved seeing you, you know, I'm not sure I felt a connection, but, um, like I had a really fun time with you and, you know, I wish you luck, like have a good one. So I think just like being an open, open book and, and really viewing, um, dating as, as connecting with people and, and yeah, just, just having, having a really great exploratory experience. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, I love that shit so much. Um, and you said, you said going into it with no ex or with less of an expectation, right? So does okay. So does this mean, cause there's a whole fucking thing in the dating world that's happening right now and you're the perfect person to ask and we've arrived here. Um, so there's this whole thing where, <sighs> This professor, I'm sure you saw it at some point in the last three months, six months, I think it was Scott Galloway. He said that 80% of the women are dating 20% of the men, leaving 80% of the men like with nobody to date. And like everybody has a different opinion on it. Like the women are all the women are only going after a small percentage of like the hot, successful dudes, right? And like now there's a dating crisis with men. I have my personal feelings on it. I'm kind of like, fuck you. I don't know. I feel like, and I, you know, I'm a man and we, and like men traditionally have kind of acted shitty these last couple thousand years. So like what? So like, I don't know, maybe make yourself a high value man. I don't know, whatever. Right. Leaving all that aside, um, there seems to be this idea. He is kind of suggesting, I did have one other dating expert on the show that maybe people start to lower their expectations and maybe meet in the middle. And I kind of am wondering what your feelings are on that. Cause we are here, we have talked about dating and anxiety and all the pieces. And so now this is the full sort of, what do we do about this? Right. Um, 
Yeah. It's interesting. I actually never heard of this study. So I'm like so intrigued to go like get these stats and really like, like read into this. Cause I'm, I'm very fascinated. I am hooked. Um, but I, I would say it's, it's, it kind of comes down to, I agree with you. I'm just like, well, yeah, why can't you just like make yourself a good, a good individual? Um, but I think too, like there's also this failure of like, <laughs> we can go like really, really like deep here. Um, Let's do it. Like, I think a way I'm, I'm going to speak heteronormatively here. Um, a lot of the way that women were conditioned were like to look at these like Disney princess movies and be like tall, dark and handsome. And like, this is what I want. And like, this is what it should be. And it should be like this exact way. And I think like that is one type of like human being. Right. But I think like we all have been like, like programmed and like brainwashed into thinking like, this is what it should look like. And I think the, maybe the reason is like people are going after this like 20% of looks, but they're not going a, a level deeper of being like, well, do I actually fundamentally connect with this person? Like, yeah, they may be hot, but like, are they a dud? <laughs> like, are we like, what are we even talking about? Like jocks, jocks studying rocks over here. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, so I think like, and like what I believe is like, yes, you can, you can get what you want. Like if, if, if you want like a person who's six, three and like, has a specific look like, yeah, you, you can do that. You can call that in. I urge people to be surprised by the people that they meet and not immediately take someone in off of a first cover glance. And like, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who are like, yeah, so I actually like my I had a list for what I wanted my partner to be. And like, they completely came in a different form. And I'm the happiest, most fulfilled version of myself that I've ever been. And thank God that like this person came through in a different way. Um, so I just like, I fully, like, that's what I think I fully believe in. Um, so it's very, that's interesting. I'm so eager to look into this study because I'm curious yeah. if it's aesthetics driven. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I mean, it's mainly like dating apps, like whatever, but I, I'll send you the stuff because it, it, it is fascinating. He was on Bill Maher and he made this huge statement about how the phone is basically ruining our culture, which I kind of agree with, right? Like we're all fucking Insta poisoned and shit. I get it. Yeah, but I like, you like walking out into traffic and shit. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I, it's funny to have that thought. Like, I'll go on my walks and I'll be like, put your phone down. You are crossing the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, even heroin addicts aren't shooting up while walking across the street. Like, we yeah. are more addicted to Instagram than heroin, right? Yeah. So, like, it is a pretty serious thing, and I get it. But his thing was like, all of the all of the the women who are eight, nine, and ten, like on the aesthetics uh, thing, are going after you know only this top tier dude, and and all these dudes are getting all of these women, and there's no exception or whatever. And then the woman I had on said, "Well, dudes who are like you know three to sixes, and like this all feels very judgy. I'm just sort of like putting it into a box for everybody. Yes, yes. Because um, we love anybody on any fucking gives a shit. Like whatever. Right. Um, it's it's not about that, but uh, or maybe it is for you. Whatever. Everything is fine. But um, 
I think like she said, well, these dudes are like three to six. They all want tens too, and they won't accept. So if if you're not accepting and they're not accepting, there's all these people in the middle who are just now like stuck. And so that's that part of it to me feels really kind of weird. And I think too, like, like let's get into it. Like what makes someone a 10? Like to me, sure. Like there's <laughs> someone who's just like really, really attractive. But if they're not like checking those boxes that like actually fulfill me, like they're not a 10. Like to me, a 10 is someone I sit in front of and I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I mean, this is personal for me, but I'm like, I love the way you think. Or like, I love the way that you're like passionate about like this, about golf. (laughs) We're sticking with the golf analogy. (laughs) Whatever it is, right? Like I'm, I, and so I think that is what brings like someone to attend to me. It's not an aesthetics thing. It is like, and I literally guys, I, I think people are more attractive based off of their personality. Like you, like maybe you're like, I hate talking in numbers, but for again, for the sake of this, yeah, like, we sound like dicks, but it's we fine. sound like assholes. <laughs> We're not, I promise. But like, let's say like someone's like pretty average. Like to me, they like are blown out of the ballpark um, by by their personality and what they bring to the table. You know? Yeah, yeah. So okay, because I think you know if you're going on a date with 10 or eight or nine, it's very, very true, right? Like you might go and like have a couple great, like uh sex sessions, some dinners. Right. But it might get to a point where it's like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I don't really, I don't really care about the fucking whatever. Right. This dude's fucking boring. Right. Like whatever, like that, that could very well happen. And so this brings me uh, to, to a question that I think like, I just want to ask personally, because you sort of already answered it, but, but like, are you someone who is like, will you date someone because you like feel like, oh man, there's such an emotional connection there? Or do you look, do you like run them through the box checks first and then the emotional connection happens? What pulls you in? What pulls me in? I mean, I, I think like overall guys, I think like aesthetics do pull people in. You're like, sure, oh, like sure. I'm fundamentally attracted to this person. It's why you're swiping left or right, you know? So we think like that is a lure, but I think like what, like, and if we're speaking in dating profiles, like I, I do care about like what is in their bio and like what they're talking about. Like, sure. are they funny? Like, are they making like you laugh off the get go, you know? And I think you can tell right away. So I would say like, I mean, it makes sense. Like evolutionarily, you guys, we are looking at someone based <laughs> off of their aesthetics and yeah. their hygiene. Like if we're in their, in, in like, in their presence, like we're literally like inhaling their pheromones, you know? So because what, like, let let us not forget, like I I was joking about this. Like people have sex to have babies. Like we forget this. We're also pleasure oriented, but I'm like, (laughs) we are procreating here. So it's like, we're trying not to have any, any like incestual, like (laughs) overlap that, that are, that our genetics are making sure aren't happening. So I would say like, Aesthetics really do do matter, but I think like uh, again that surface. Like, is, is there anything else there? Yeah, I mean that's a whole different golf course. I mean because <laughs> because uh, you know that's a this whole uh, it's a whole different uh, hole in one. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's very true. But also like, see for for me, I. I wouldn't dream of dating someone of being in a or possible relationship and even being in a relationship if I didn't feel that, um, 
that like emotional, like, Oh God, like yeah. call an ambulance feeling like, right. Like if I don't right. feel that I'm out. So I would, that's why I was asking if you need to feel that first, because for me, what I was naively doing previously, and these are all, all of my exes are wonderful people. They're smart. They're great. So we're not talking shit. Right. But I was naively feeling that feeling. I mean, like, we're good. Everything's done. Great relationship. And I wasn't going through and box checking. Now, current Dustin um, feels that way. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Check, 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 check. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, we got the best of both worlds. So I was wondering, do you need to feel that emotional, like, call an ambulance before you, like, consider dating somebody? Are you more like... um, more like uh clinical about it with checking boxes no i would say like i'm definitely with you i'm right okay. in that boat like, i feel that emotional connection and then i'm like okay like all right great 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 like we're feeling this and it feels really good and lots of butterflies but like quick gut check like are we making sure like we're not bypassing any red flags you know like i think sometimes when we're in this like heightened state because that's what like that especially that honeymoon phase like you are like riding high on those feeling good <laughs> chemicals. Everything like going on in your brain is just like, ding, 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 ding. so I think it's like, we can be quick to like maybe miss things or like be like, but this feels so good. So I'm just going to ignore this thing that I'm like noticing for a minute. Cause it's just like, it feels so good. So I try now in, in on, honestly, in all categories of my life, like to really make sure like, no matter how good something feels, just be like, okay, quick moment of mindfulness and like taking something in like, okay, you know, taking my emotion out of it. Like how, how is this really going? And like, are are we making sure we're not bypassing anything? Yeah, because that's, I think it's important to fucking do both, right? There's this, this sort of, um, along with the golf course theme, there's a duality theme here in this episode. And I think you got to have a bit of, you got to have a bit of both, right? You got to have a bit of, um, the emotion, the stuff, but there is a clinical way to be like, "Hmm, now, wait a minute. I know we feel crazy and high right now, but in three months and six months, wait a minute, which, what can I live with? What can I not? I think mm-hmm. that's so important to do both because I, and again, I'm not even going to go into it, but cause I beat it to death on this show. But like, we used to just roll with that emotion. Like, Oh, Tony from eighth grade. I love him. Like whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, I'm married now. And I have seven kids and I hate my life. Like, and that emotion stuff used to get us in a lot of trouble, you know? Yes, exactly. Like you, you wake up, one day and you're like, what have I done? <laughs> I can't imagine. That's like my no. greatest fear. Actually. That's why I like eh, pump the brakes on everything. Cause no, like I've seen so many people do that. And it's just like, you know, they're Saturday night in the back of a bowling alley, just wasted tra- talking someone out of put the, put the bottle down. Don't cut anybody. Like you just yeah. like the weirdest shit ever. And it's like, yeah. okay. Again, it's just that like autopilot versus like, are you in the driver's seat? Like, are you just like doing things and like thinking you need to like get married and engaged and pop out kids because it's like what you should be doing. And I think like a big, 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 even like lesson that has been hitting me over the head, like, especially in the past year has been like, how can I begin to start eliminating all all of the shoulds that I think I should be doing, how I should be showing up, how I, how people like expect me to be a certain way or, you know, a certain career path that I should be following. Or I don't know, a lot of parents even have expectations of like who they think their kids should be dating and marrying. And it's like, (laughs) take away that crap, you know, like don't (laughs) should. I think I heard someone say they're like, you're shooting all over yourself, you know? 
like stop yeah. doing that and, and really like get to that essence of like, well, well, what do you actually want? And that's putting you in that driver's seat and like taking you out of the autopilot of living out someone else's vision or expectation of you. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and, and you mentioned red flags in there, right? Which is great. Cause, um, again, we have a fucking pro in the, in the hot seat, right? So like maybe like three, like three red flags that like, from your sex education background, from your bedside background, from your um, from your brilliant, gorgeous like mind as like a host, as a woman, like give me all that, all of that amazing fucking knowledge. Give me like three red flags that are like stop, turn around, yeah. walk away. Give me your top three. Yeah. Um, okay. I would say in terms of let's start with sex because um, I just feel like starting there. Um, <laughs> I would say that if your sexual health practices and like safety measures and values aren't being met or respected, major red flag. And this is like, I, cause I want to take us out of the context for a quick second. Like if you're just like dating around and just like trying to have fun, um, like we need to make sure that like whoever we're sleeping with is at least valuing and respecting us. And if they're not run, you know, and when I say that, it's just like, I'm a big believer of just like, there are plenty of sexual, go back to sex ed, like think of all of like the safer sex practices you were told, which are amazing. Pick what works for you. You know, that is defined by you. You know, for me, I was like, I want to make sure that I'm using a condom if I'm sleeping with any like, guys, I want to make sure that like, I am, you know, on birth control or whatever it is, like making sure someone got tested because you want to make sure like that makes you feel good about going into a situation. So just knowing what your values are and making sure they aren't compromised. Like I, I mean, somebody told me some horrific story and they were just like, yeah, so I, I was, I was at a bar. I met this guy. We ended up going back to his house we started having sex. I told him I want to use a condom. He kept being like, when I don't want to use it. It doesn't feel good. And she goes, <laughs> apparently like, we were really drunk. And she goes, apparently like he, like I found out he just like took it off like while we were having sex, but it was too drunk to realize that. And I, I was like sitting in a car with another friend and I was like, we don't want to tell you right now that that was like maybe a sexual assault style situation, but like, that's what it was. And like, no one wants to say it in the moment, but it's just like, damn, like, that, that really escalated. And like, that was a shitty situation. I mean, no one is really, I mean, that guy is to blame, but I mean, she's not to blame in that situation. She asked for what she wanted and made, wanted to get her values being met. But I think I had been in my former life too. I've been in many situations where I thought I just like had to go forth with something. And I can't tell you like my biggest advice is just like, even if you're in the middle of a sexual situation, you're like "Mm," something like a line was just crossed and like, we're not really turning back from it. Leave. Like, you don't have to finish it out. You don't have to, like, you have permission to just, like, go. So I would say, reeling back from that, like, a number one for me is just, like, make sure your values are being met. And if they aren't, like, what are you doing there? Yeah. No, that's fucking amazing. Um, Do you have two more that will align with those? Yes. Um, I would say another red flag is... um, Another red, so a red flag in dating, and I think 
I was talking to Alana Dunn about this from seeing other people podcasts. We were talking about how another red flag in dating is when someone says that all of their exes are crazy. <laughs> Big red flag. Huge. Like, hmm. So that has nothing to do with the exes. <laughs> um, that has to do with you. And also like, I, I mean, look, some of us might have a crazy ex or two, but if you're saying all your exes are crazy, like that, that's a direct reflection of what's, <laughs> what's going on in your life. And also I don't want to say, um, everyone should be like this, but I think for the most part, we should all really view our exes with respect. Like they held a place in our life at one point for the version of who we were at that time. And they served a purpose. So it's just like, no matter how much of a falling out or how messy something was like respect to the ex. Um, no, you know, all love. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. I, I think, I mean, you were with this person, right? Like, come on, yeah. what the fuck, guys? Yeah, and they were part of your growth. And if anything, like, I love looking at relationships as like either like you're, you guys are graduating together, or I like to look at it kind of in the analogy of like school, you know, you're, you're either graduating to that next grade together or like, you're not. Um, and that's okay. And, you know, we don't have to graduate with everybody all the time. I look at this in the same light of friendships as well. Like God, friendship breakups, like moving on from friendships, no matter how long they've been, like that's also allowed, like you're allowed to grow apart from people. So, um, yeah, that's, that's another one of my red flags. It's just like, no crazy exes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Serial crazy exes. <laughs> and your your final blood red, dripping blood red flag would be? <laughs> oh my God. There's so many. I mean, I'm specifically thinking in the context of sex, but like if someone is like mocking you, like let's say like, um, I, first off, so many noises happen in the bedroom between queefs <laughs> and bodies coming together. Like there are some weird ass sounds. Like if someone's mocking you or making fun of your, like, you know, your sexual style or how you make sounds in bed or whatever, like huge red flag. Like don't, we, we don't need to deal with anybody who's, who's mocking the way that we express ourselves. And again, like, I think it's having grace for being like, yeah, like when we really think about it, like we're like bodies are coming together, like awkward moments are going to happen. So can we be emotionally mature about that? And, and I think that tells me a lot about who somebody is like, are, do you have any ounce of emotional maturity? Um, cause that, you know, is pretty much a, a prerequisite for a lot of people. Yeah. I think if anybody's mocking you or making fun of you, that, fuck them. Right. Yeah. I, I almost said push them into the street, I, but, <laughs> but, but like, you know, reel that back, like no murder, but like, uh, well, unless you want to, but I didn't tell you to do that, but get away from that person. That is a yeah. fucking, that person in a year is going to be your dad. Like that in a bad way. Like it's very, very bad. Run, yeah. run, 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 run. Fucking just not, horrible. Yeah. Just so weird. Um, you have a piece of content, uh, the, 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 the in and out for 2023. Right. And, <laughs> Uh, I, I would love to go through all of them, but I think I'm just going to like, we're going to do one or two from each and I'll like Great. have you, I'll have you like, cause I love this. This is fucking rad. This is so cool. <laughs> so, so in for 2023, uh, vanilla sex. Yes. Can you, can you explain? Can we talk about this? I love this. I just like, I want to normalize having vanilla sex. Like everybody's out here just like, how can I like swing from the chandelier and like have sex? And I'm just like, yeah. I love it. But also like, can we just have missionaries sometimes? 
Like, I just want to normalize just like vanilla sex is good and like standard. And if you know your way of like getting off and it works for you, then Mm -hmm. fabulous. So in is vanilla sex. Yeah, no, I love that because it's like, I appreciate that you're in a full blown like latex, like Ariana Grande bunny suit right now, but it's fucking Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I get it. I totally get it. I get it. Um, also in nudes, were they yes. ever out? Okay. Let's talk about this. I think like, I just, okay. They were never out, but I want to bring them more into the context. Like, and in terms of like, not just like a classic nude you keep in a nudes folder to like send on blast to everybody when like Mm -hmm. a nude is required. I'm like, let's continually take nudes. I made this like amazing guide on my Instagram, like a guide to taking good nudes. And it was just like, like a bunch of different pose ideas that I sketched up. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is how we need to be photographing ourselves. Like we're talking about how we're always addicted to our phones. Like, let's utilize this for our own like sensuality and just like have a little bit more fun with it. No, I fucking love that. I, I, <laughs> I, I like that is, that is great. And to have a guide, like everybody needs help. You know what I mean? Like we're not all fucking pros. Right. So I think yes. that's, that's amazing that, that you did that. Um, in, uh, this is the last one for the in, um, slow burns. What is mm. a slow, slow burn? I love a good slow burn, but Ugh, I love slow burns. I, I just think good things take time and I'm so over like in general, just like the rush of everything, like in all facets, I find myself like I'm continually trying to like rush through things, get things done, you know, achieve certain goals. And I just am such a fan of like slowing down, especially when it comes to dating, like slow down the way you date, like what is the rush and like really, really just like ease into things. So I'm such a fan of slow burns. I also think like sometimes too, obviously again, having a lovely quickie is amazing, but like slow sex, like let's go for it. Like let's like really, really just make this an entire experience. So I like, I like that because I think it brings in a component of mindfulness into, you know, wherever you're at. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Um, out for 2023 closure. I hate closure. I hate that like we dangle this carrot over ourselves because I think like it's kind of our own doing where we're like, I need closure to move on from this. Like, I think just like normalize not always having closure. If you have the opportunity for closure and it feels aligned and it's working, great. Like close something out. But sometimes there isn't like you don't have that opportunity. And I don't think we need to wait for moving on with our lives to like have a specific type of closure. Like sometimes closure is just like accepting that it was what it was. And now we're going to move on. Like we don't need to like spiral and loop and loop and loop on conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, tying everything in a nice bow. So closure is out for me. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Out for 2023 fake orgasms. Mm, Yeah, this is huge. I, I mean, those were out in 2022 as well, but I just wanted to <laughs> emphasize that for this year. Um, baking your orgasm is a breadcrumb trail to a horrible sex life. It is literally telling somebody, giving someone the wrong map to your body. And it's such a disservice 
to fake an orgasm because no one is winning there. Um, and so like I've had so many experiences where like I had a sexual experience and it didn't quite lead to orgasm. Was it a bad sexual experience? No, maybe I was like, my mind was elsewhere for a little bit or like maybe, um, you know, I just wasn't like quite getting there and it just wasn't going to happen for me today. That's okay. But it's like, I don't need to go out there and fake it. And so I think it's just also too, if you're like always falling short because someone's not giving you what you want, you know, that's an opportunity to be like, Hey, I'm glad you got off. That was so much fun. Like, do you mind going down on me and just like finishing the deed? And I think we can all become more comfortable just like advocating for ourselves. So yeah, fake orgasms, have always been out, but I just wanted to emphasize that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a big one. This last one. Uh, uh, out for 2023 texting. Lo- <laughs> I love that. I love this. I love this. <laughs> you can't get reception on the golf course anyway. No. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I just like, I, this is just me, but like, I am so over texting. Like, call me, leave me a voice memo. Like, look at the way that we've like our UX has been like, or in our iOS has been continually updating. Like I, I don't want to text back and forth with someone. I constantly like lately have just been, you know, even with friends, I just will send a quick 15 second voice memo. Like, Hey, happy Friday. Like da da da. I was thinking of you like done, you know? And I think it's just a quick like check-in or like, if you need to explain something longer, I just hate this long dragged out back and forth. I think like, <laughs> let's either just not text. Cause like, let's get off our phones or let's voice memo or call people because that is the type of connection we're all needing these days. Yeah, like voice notes, not only are they on your in, right? But like voice notes will like turn you on. If done correctly, voice notes can be very fucking sexy, can get your relationship, you know, going quicker. Maybe I I can't agree with you more, you know, like texting fucking sucks. There's like no emotion there. It's like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of miscommunication happens through text Mm. message because someone Mm -hmm. said something one way and you read it another way. Like your perception gets involved. The second your tone comes through, people are like, Oh, I got it. She's being funny. Yeah. Or like, Oh, I got it. Like that was sarcasm, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. I mean, that is such an important technology is wonderful, but like we kind of need to get a grip a little bit. We're walking in traffic. We're not sending voice notes. Like, what are we doing here? Tatiana, folks, thank you so much for being my guest on Sex Party. Let's tell them where they can find you, where they can become rabid fans of bedside. They consume everything. They give you money, start a cult. I don't know. (laughs) But where can people find you? Yeah, guys, come join my cult. Um, (laughs) No, in all seriousness, this was such a treat. Thank you so much for having me on. You are a, a wonderful podcast host yourself, and you you really are so good at getting to the heart of questions and like the meat of a conversation, which is amazing. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. You guys can find me at the bedside on Instagram. You can find me by the bedside on TikTok, which I'm experimenting with these days. Very fun over on TikTok. Um, you can join our newsletter over at thebedside.co. A lot, a lot of really fun stuff, guys, is happening over on the podcast and in the bedside world. I'm actually, and this is a kind of an exclusive little bite. I'm actually working on launching a sexual wellness line company, if you will. Um, and so you can like stay tuned for some amazing bedside essentials 
commercials, products, all, all the things that are going to help facilitate an amazing, you know, connection to your sexual wellness routine, your well-being, all the things. So, um, stay tuned because there's, there's some really great stuff coming down the pipeline, but I'd love for you to come, come over and hang. We're a good, we're a good time. <laughs> no, I, I, I loved having you on the show. Thank you for all the compliments. I will take those. I will hold on to those. I will keep them means a lot. I would love to have you back. So, you know, Anytime. whenever, yeah, no, I'd love to, so we, will, we will talk to you soon. I had such a blast. All right. Bye everyone. Such a, such a blast. Huge thank you to my guest, Tatiana Folkt, for being with me on the show this week. If you guys are loving guests like Tatiana, if you want more guests like Tatiana, if you want to see Tatiana again, there are multiple ways you could show that love, that appreciation, that desire, that want. If you're listening to the show on platforms like Apple and Spotify, you can subscribe to the channel. That's the most important. You can leave a rating. You can leave a review. You could tell your friends. Um, you could send it to your friends in a text message or a tweet. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. You could subscribe to the channel there. You can leave a comment. You can like the video. As always, you guys can reach out to me in the DMs on Instagram, and I will see all of you back here next week. Thanks for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SexPartyFM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.